Come on, let's give him some praise. Come on, only you know what God has done for you. Can't nobody, can't nobody worship like you can worship for what God did for you. Because no one knows what God did for you but you. You can testify about it. You can uh, tweet about it. You can tell people that's no problem. But only you know what it felt like when God touched your body and healed your sickness and saved your loved one and put that extra check in the mail for you or took care of that problem. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. So no one can praise like you can praise over your situation. Hallelujah. You may see it for a moment. God bless you. Welcome to church, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to church, everybody. Amen. No better place I'd rather be than the house of the Lord. Amen. On Sunday night, God gets my time. God gets my time. He gets my, he gets me. He, this is the space I have carved out for God to work in my life. No one else is going to take this time from me. Devil's not going to steal it. Amen. Amen. You're a rowdy crowd tonight. I'm going to have to watch you guys. I'm going to have to watch you. Uh, I'm going to talk uh, tonight. I'm going to kind of intertwine my message and kind of give you an idea uh, and a focus about where we're going in February. Um, we choose at this church uh, February to be our prayer and fasting. and our con I really call it consecration month is what I call it um, because it's not just up in your prayer from five minutes to ten minutes a day. It's not just fasting, you know, one time this month, you know, outside of the no times that you fasted this month. It's the really consecrating ourselves for God, really taking ourselves apart and just uh, separating ourselves from the things that weigh us down, amen, the things that we fill ourselves up with. And so February is going to be that month. And I feel, and I have felt this for quite a bit. I knew we did uh, February last year when we did our consecration month, and it worked out very well. And so, you know, I already knew all of pretty much last year that we were going to do it again in February. And somewhere around the fall time, uh, late summer, fall time, I just, I, I started to get excited about February. I don't know what it is. I, 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 can, I can only tell you how I feel about it. I just, it was like, I, I love all the seasons. I love all the months. I'm the kind of person I'm going to be content no matter what. But February, there was something about it that I felt like if we can get to February, if we can do what we got to do, if we can do what is asked of us, I really believe that God is going to do a great work. Amen. I spoke a little bit about that this morning. I really feel like God is going to do some healings, some miracles, and I really feel like God wants to give some liberty with some people's addictions in February. I can tell you're excited about it. I'm very glad that you're on board because I'm very excited about it myself because I can tell you right now there's not a house that, that associated with this church that you don't need a miracle inside your home. There is not a house here or a person here or a car out in that parking lot that you don't require or need a miracle on your situation. And I can tell you there's probably not a soul here. You don't know at least one person that is bound up and chained up 
and addicted to something they have no right to be addicted to, but Satan tripped them up and got them involved and they went around with it. And I'm telling you right now, I believe through prayer and fasting and consecration, I believe God can some break some chains and he can reveal some powerful stuff. And I need that. Amen. I need that. And so I'm going to kind of preach a little bit about that. Let's all stand. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9 is where I'll take my text. Just one verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. So good to see everybody here, all the visitors, so many different visitors in the house. We are so glad that you are here. Amen. I am so glad you home folk are here. Some people that weren't here this morning, I'm so glad you are here tonight. Amen. 1 Corinthians 16 and 9 says, For a great door... And effectual is opened unto me. And there are many adversaries. There are many adversaries. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me. And there are many adversaries. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I love you. I thank you for all that you do. I thank you for the word of God, Lord Jesus, that navigates us through this crazy and weird world that, Lord, that we've found ourselves in, that where they call bad good and they call good bad, Lord, it's a, it's a perverted world out there, Lord, but thank God I got the word that, that, and I've got the Holy Ghost that can set me straight and can get me corrected, Lord, and that's what we need tonight, God. We need to get corrected into your word, Lord. I thank you for all these things, and I'd ask that your anointing would come upon us, God, that, it would be, that I would be anointed to preach, Lord and these people would be anointed to hear God and that something could change us and move us and direct us to a deeper walk in relationship with you in the precious name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. Grab someone and give them a big hug. Make sure our visitors get a big hug from you. The Bible is very clear that we do not alter the word of God. We do not add. We do not subtract from the word of God. And so I won't do that. But to try to make it maybe just a little bit easier, let me kind of just paraphrase this scripture um, that I'm talking about. If I had to paraphrase it and just, uh, of course, I would not know how to quote it if I didn't know it. I would say there is a great door opened unto us. There is a great door open to you. There is a great door open to me. But there is many adversaries. But there is an enemy. But there is someone that does not want you to go through that door because they know on the other side of that door there is something great for you. There is a blessing for you. There is a promise for you. Uh, I simply have to make a statement. I do not believe the enemy can stop us from being a great church. I don't believe the enemy. I don't believe my enemy. I don't believe your enemy, which is the same enemy. I do not believe that they can stop us. I do not believe that they can stop you from becoming a great child of the king. I do not believe they can stop this church from being a full book of Acts church filled with signs and wonders and healings and miracles. I know that he'll try. I know that he's going to do his best and I can even feel, I know you're not supposed to say this, but I can feel the enemy in the house tonight. 
Oh, sure, I feel God much stronger, but I know the enemy is in this place. He's coming here. He's coming here, and he has, he has uh, disguised himself. He's not coming out here with a, a tail and some horns. No, he's coming here uh, with, with, with some bitterness. He's coming here with some jealousy. He's coming here with some lust. He's coming here uh, with some lethargicness, some laziness. He's coming here with a, my Lord, can they not just get this service done so I can finally go home and check that I was at church? The devil is up in this place, ladies and gentlemen. But I do not believe no matter how hard he tries, I do not matter what he does, I'm telling you, he can't stop me. Let me just talk about myself because I don't want to talk for you just in case you're not on board. But the enemy cannot stop me if I'm so willing to choose Jesus. Now, he can't stop me if I allow him to. But he can't stop me. This theme this year uh, we did for 2020 is heritage. It's our heritage that no weapon formed against me will prosper. And I'm telling you that goes along with what I want to talk about for, uh, for February of 2020. No weapon. Nothing that the devil can throw against you is going to be able to prosper. Why? Because he can't beat you. He does not have the power to beat you because God is always on your side. See, my heritage is to have joy. My heritage is to have peace. It's to have victory. My, my, my father in heaven is robed in victory. The Bible states, and I won't go through it, but the Bible states in the Old Testament that, that his, his train fills the temple. The train is, a, is, a, is a, a visualization of all of the victories. His victories fill the temple layer after layer after layer. My Lord, you might be a part of that train here today because, see, maybe you were uh, on your verge of getting into death's door, but, but God drew you out. You might not even have known that God drew that out. But he saved you and he took care of you. You could have been dead here tonight, but no, God kept you. There's no way, there's no way I'd probably be able to go get by this message and not talk about the big news of the day. And that is uh, Kobe Bryant dying this afternoon. And some people, you may not even know who I'm talking about, probably more of the younger generation, my generation and under, uh, under he's a basketball star. Um, he will be talked about. He will be in the conversation as one of the greatest of all times. 41 years old, famous, had all the fame he could possibly had on all the championships. I mean, rich beyond our wildest dreams. A family, a beautiful family, retired, just everything, had his health and everything, but none of that stuff, none of that stuff mattered when death knocked on his door today. Not the money, not the fame, nothing could stop death from coming and getting this 41-year-old, very rich, very famous man. And if death can't stop him, how do you think, how do you think that you're going to hold death up by what you've got? When the devil, when the enemy wants to come and get you, if you allow it, he will be able to come and get you. When death door comes and gets you, but I believe, I truly believe that based upon God's perfect grace and mercy, I truly believe death was stopped in its place by God. When death wanted to come for you, but God said, no, I don't want that person to be gone. I'm telling you, there's some people in here, you'd be dead right now if it wasn't for the simple fact that God saved you. We're talking about a God that's got victory, and my heritage is the enemy can't stop us. 
The enemy can't stop me. The enemy can't steal my joy. The enemy can't steal my laughter. I have to tell you, I am concerned. I am very concerned sometimes when I see some people, when I see Holy Ghost filled, baptized, coming to church people, when I see you come in here and you don't smile. You don't smile at the beginning of service. You don't smile in the middle of service. You don't smile in worship service. You don't smile during the preaching. Nothing. Nothing happens. Where's the joy? Let me ask you this question. Who took your praise? Who did you hand your praise to? Listen, I, I, I wanna, I'm going to be a little, I don't know what the word is tonight, bold, I suppose, like that. I, I, I'm just speaking in a generality here. So it doesn't matter where you are right now. Maybe you're in a very deep valley. Maybe you're, you're as hard as it's ever been for you right now to crack a smile. But you know what? God's been so good to you that, that he still deserves your praise and worship. Don't allow anybody to take your praise and your worship. Don't allow the enemy to take your laughter and your joy. Don't allow the enemy to take your peace. You might not be where you want to be, but you're sure a lot farther down the road than you deserve to be. But God's grace and mercy picked you up. I thank God for what he's done in my life. So I'd ask you, where's your smile? Where's your smile? Where's the joy? Where's the laughter? Oh, pastor, you don't know my problem. You don't know my sickness. You don't know my situation. You're right. I have to admit, even though this is a small church, I don't know every situation. I don't know how you feel in that situation. I, I know I don't. But I do know the God of your situation. And I do know, and I'm assured that I know the God of your problem. And I know the master over your sickness. And I, I know the one that can control all of these things. And he told me in the word of God, there's an open door. There's an open door. And on the door, if I look at one of these doors side to side, if I look at any of these doors in the room, when I look at this scripture, I look at that door and I, I, hear, I see words on the door. Your healing, your promise, your blessing, your dreams that you've been dreaming and that you've been praying. And you don't even say these dreams to people because you know if you would say these dreams to people, people would say, how, how that is so ridiculous. How in the world? But you've dreamed a big dream in God's presence. And you said, you know what, God, if I could dream and no, I would dream this huge dream. Guess what? It's on the other side of that door. It's on the other side of that door, but I'm sorry. There is enemies standing in the way. There is an adversary that wants to stop you from getting everything that you see. See, the devil loves it when you're sick. The devil loves it when you're tired. He loves it when you're bored. He loves it when you're cursing God. He loves it when you're blaming God. He, he, he has no problem with you being down. He likes you down because when you're down, he can put his foot right on your neck and you can feel the pressure that only the enemy can get to you. But I'm telling you, there's an open door. And, here, and, here's, the, and here's the thing. I believe we're right at the door. I believe we're right at the door. I believe, I believe, I believe February, I believe February is going to be, if we would get this, if we will get what I'm talking about, I believe February, our consecration month is going to be like us taking the door handle and opening it. Not worrying about all the enemies and the adversaries in our way because they are no match for us, but we'll be able to open that door and push it through and walk through. 
I don't know about you, but that excites me. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited because I know that there, this side this side of the door is not where God wanted me. This side of the door is not my promise. This side of the door is not where everything is, but it's on the other side of that open door where all the blessings are. And I'm here to declare to you that the enemy cannot stop you from walking through that open door. We are destined to be a great church. We are prophesied to be a great church. I'm not saying we're going to be a 5,000-member church. Numbers have nothing to do with greatness, by the way. I'm a, nothing, that has nothing to do with it. But we are prophesied to be a great church. But we keep letting the enemy keep us from experiencing our full potential. This is going to be a great church. You're going to be an overcoming Christian. You are going to be healed. You are going to know joy. It's going to work out. How do I know these things? I don't know these things, but I have faith. And so I speak in faith to know that my God is able to do not just the ordinary. My God is not able to do just the normal. My God is not able to do just the so-and-so, but my God is able to do the exceeding, the abundantly, the above all that we can even ask or even think. I believe we're coming to that open door and I know that the adversary is trying to punch us and kick us and throw us down but I'm telling you you're greater than the adversary but you got to speak it by faith I remember a scripture that says life and death are in the power of the tongue it did not say that life and death are in the tongue power of the tongue. If life and death are in the power of my speech, then I'm going to speak peace to my life. I'm going to speak healing to my life. I'm not going to walk around and say, hey, I'm going to be sick forever. I'm going to be broke forever. I'm going to be destroyed forever. I'm always going to be lonely. I'm always going to do this. Now, I'm, I'm not going to speak that. Why? Because there's power in that unruly member of your body. But if you'll take that unruly member of your body and flip it around and start speaking in faith that says, you know what? I feel sick in my body, but I'm healed. I know the bills are still due, but I have financial freedom i know my marriage is on the rocks but i'm gonna have a good marriage you gotta speak in faith if you get into this situation and then you praise god that's no faith whatsoever if god heals you and then you praise about it and then you should praise about it that's thanks that's thanksgiving but that's not faith that's no faith whatsoever. Why? Because faith, you can't see faith. You can't see faith. Faith is unseen. It's unseen. You've got to believe and speak it as if it is true, even though it's not. It's going to be a great church. You're going to be healed. You're going to be healed. I, 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 want, I hope some of you get this. Man, I hope some of you get this because I'm sick and I'm personally sick and tired of seeing you so sick and tired. 
I am personally so sick and tired of seeing the enemy beat you down and beat you down and you come in here with your knuckles on the ground because the enemy has spat you around and, and, and played around with you all week. I'm sick and tired of you not being an overcomer. Why? Because we are brothers and sisters in Jesus. We have the same heavenly father. We are kinship together and I know how powerful my father is and my father is also your father so I know how powerful he can be in your life. So in faith, I'm going to walk and talk and act as if God is already working in my situation and he's got control. And if he's got control, then I don't have to frown and cry and complain and shrug. I can be joyful because I'm telling you that the devil is not going to stop me from walking through that open door. I don't know who's going to walk through that open door, but I'm going to walk through that open door. I'm not letting the adversary and I'm not letting myself and I'm not letting my flesh dictate whether or not I get through that open door. You see, we talked a lot about the enemy, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but we talk about a lot of the enemy, and we always assume it's the devil, and you're, the devil is your enemy, but your flesh is also your enemy. Your flesh, when we get into prayer and fasting, we're going to find out just how quick your flesh is your enemy. Just tell your flesh no a couple times, and your flesh will talk back. Oh, yeah, you'll find out there's a difference there. When, when, when your flesh wants that thing that it wants and you say, no, you're not going to have it, oh, it, 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 it does a tantrum, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you can say no to the enemy, if you can say no to the if devil and Satan and all of his imps and all those people that he had, and you can say no to your flesh, I'm telling you, you're going to walk through that. You're going to jump through that open door. You're going to fly through that open door. You're going to go right into there, and you're going to go right into your promise and right into your blessings, and you'll never be the same. Well, I think there's a few things we need to do to prepare ourselves to truly enjoy the promise on the other side of the open door. And this is where February comes into effect. One, we need to get ourselves back into a position of righteousness. We need to walk to that brazen altar and sacrifice. It's time to tear down our false gods and become holy. Why? Because he is holy. And I spoke a great deal this morning about the things in our life and how we need to separate those things. So I'm not going to spend too much, but there are things that we need to separate ourselves because we need to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, which the scripture says is our reasonable service. So that open door is not open to a church that can't keep holy before God. And I do believe that open door is there for the consistent, perpetual relationship with God. You're not just going to decide in your mind, well, I'm going to live for God tonight. But later tonight, I might not live for God. And I'm definitely not living for God tomorrow when I go to school. And I'm definitely not living for God Tuesday. And I'm definitely not living for God next week when it's Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, you've been warned and served. Now, just disclaimer... I won't be in church next Sunday, but <laughs> but let me, as pastor, say that does not give you permission to skip Sunday night service. I'm going to be with my wonderful, beautiful wife. Everybody, anybody text her today or call her today or let her know happy birthday? Today is her birthday. She's fantastic. I get to see her tomorrow. I'm so happy. Now to spiritual things. 
We got to get rid of some of those things. We got to get rid of some of those things. And so what we're going to do in February is we're going to set ourselves apart to God. I'm asking that in February we take ourselves to a very deep stance on extra things in our lives. Uh, I, I, I want you to truly look at your life and think of things that you can cut from your life in February. Maybe, maybe they're not bad in themselves. I'm not saying they're sin in themselves because if you've got sinful things, you need to cut them now. Don't wait till February. But I'm talking about things that maybe are not really truly sinful. They're just time wasters. They're just things that, that, that don't, you don't necessarily need. Because, see, we, we got to do a consecration. We're going to do some prayer and fasting. And so fasting is not just uh, fasting food. It's also fasting a lot of different things as well. I'm going to try to take a very, very, very conservative stance of consecration in February myself. And when I talk about things outside of food, I'm, I'm talking about media stuff. It would, really, it would really be good if we just weren't on media in February. Well, I knew it was going to be quiet there. Because I just talked about your God. But, um, but it'd be good if we could just stay off media. You can stay off media for a month. <laughs> don't, don't act like you can't. Some of you still remember when there was no such thing as media. You know, you still remember when there was no such thing as media? I mean, you know, had to go to your grandma's house to watch one TV station that she has, and you, you kind of didn't tell no one you did that either at that time because you don't know what was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So we remember a time when we didn't need all these things. And so I, I really think we need to get off media, pretty much all kinds of media. Uh, if, it, if it's not going to glorify God, don't, don't even put it in front of your eyes, you know. Of course, you should pretty much have that stance anyways, but I'm talking about going further in it. I'm talking about going further in it. You need to cut out some things, cut out some movies, cut out TV, cut out, cut out maybe, maybe, maybe some of you are uh, a little bit addicted to some music you shouldn't be addicted to. February would be a good time for you to cut that out of your life. Social media, other stuff. Uh, just pause it. Just pause it. Don't, don't worry. Netflix will still have it come March. If you're that connected to that thing, by the way. At the end of February, you might think, hey, man, I'm not nearly as connected as that thing as I thought I was. Why? Because God's going to fill you up. Not saying that there's anything wrong with Netflix. God bless you all. Amen. I don't want you to throw stones at me. But let's take a pause in February and start cutting out some things. We need to fast things to help our time, and we need to fast not just that, but I, I, I do want to encourage you in the month of February to try to gather up whatever you can do, your comfort zone, as far as fasting food. Whatever you got to do, you know, whatever, you know, if you got to talk to your doctor to find out what you need to do. I mean, don't be crazy. I don't want to see anybody in the hospital in the February. But, but if you got to cut out some food, cut out some food. Especially you young people, you definitely can cut out some food. I know, I know. I can cut out some food too. Believe me, I'm going to try. Amen. But I'm going to try to do this for one, one objection, to subject the flesh. I'm going to try to get this flesh where it's supposed to be, which is not primary. It's secondary. Out of a two-man race, it's secondary. My spirit is primary. I need to tell my flesh where it needs to be. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like fasting that will tell your flesh what it is. Oh, and I know your flesh is going to rebel. You might not even want it now, but you'll want it so bad in the middle of February. 
But do whatever you can do to keep on that. I'm encouraging everyone to just fast something the month of February. Uh, if you've got to do one week something, the second week something else, you do whatever. If you've got to do the Daniels fast, if you've got to you know, only go down to one meal a day, or you've got to you know, put out pop of your life or coffee or wh whatever it is you want to do, and however you want to do it, just make sure the flesh doesn't agree with it. If at the end of the day you're happy, if at the end of the day the flesh is happy, you have not fasted. I'm going to get off this right now. But at the end of the day, if you're not a little bit miserable, you've not fasted. That's just, I'm telling you right now, that's just the way it is. At the end of the day, when your head hits the pillow, you should be like, my Lord of mercy. That was tough. You fasted then. Is that, that's what you've done. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. We can do it. To become a great church, we need to pray. Pray like we've never prayed before. Why? Because the prayer is the enemy to our enemy. He doesn't like us to pray. He loves it when the prayer room is empty. He loves it when on Tuesday nights there's no one here. He loves it when you're not praying at home. He loves it when you're not praying the name of Jesus. The enemy loves that because he knows that if you start praying, you're going to shake the foundations of his kingdom and he will not prosper. If you start praying, there is no disease strong enough. There is no sickness that can gather you. There is no enemy or devil in hell or out of hell that can touch you if you pray. So we need to pray like we've never prayed before. We need to keep the line of communication open to God at all times. It's a daily thing. I need that fresh bread, that daily bread. I'm going to tell you, preachers, you can't preach right if you don't pray. Singers, you can't sing right if you don't pray. Sunday school teachers, you can't teach right if you don't pray. We can't walk in the Spirit if we can't pray. And if you're not walking in the Spirit, you're walking in the flesh. If we want to go through this open door, which on the other side has got blessings for us and see the full potential, we got to be a great church. We got to pray and stop letting the enemy steal your prayer life. And he can't steal it if you hold it close. He only takes what you're willingly giving him. So in February, we're going to pray. We're going to pray and we're going to pray. And we're going to get into a practice of prayer, a habit of prayer. We need to pray every day. I'm encouraging you to pray every day in your personal devotion. You should do that anyways. You should do that anyway. Start with something small and just keep building up on there. But then as a corporate unit, as a full church, we're going to get together. We did this last, month, uh, last February. We're going to get together every Tuesday and every Thursday at 630. And we're going to pray together. Now listen, let me admit it to you. That's an inconvenience. That's an inconvenience. That's an inconvenience to show up. I mean, you understand Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, it's an inconvenience, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to gain so much the more if you show up. If you can show up, if you can be here, be here. Don't let him steal that from you. Don't let him steal that from you. We need to get into a practice of prayer. We're going to do this for the month of February. We're only going to do it for the month of February. And we're also going to do something because I want us to get in the habit of being in the prayer room. I'd want everybody in this church to be in the prayer room. So what I've decided to do for February, I've decided to take the prayer room and put it out here. And so what we're going to do at the very, between five to ten minutes of every single service. So even you latecomers are going to be able to participate in this. Five to ten minutes of every service is going to be dedicated to prayer in the sanctuary together. 
When you show up here at 6.05 thinking that you missed the first song, we're going to be right into prayer. Don't show up at 6.30, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Don't, don't play around with that. If that's where your mind is, you, God ain't going to bless you anyways, amen? But the first five, ten minutes of every service, I'm talking Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, we're going to pray. And I don't want us to just get in here and just do a little quiet mouse prayer. I'm talking about a roaring Robert McKinnis kind of prayer. Anybody, anybody, is there, is there anybody in here besides the family understands what that means? I mean, uh, I'm in a roaring Robert McKinnis prayer. When Robert McKinnis prayed, he'd shake the literal foundations of the building. I could only imagine how hell was shaken after the building was shaken. He knew how to pray. I want us to vocalize our praise and worship and our needs. And I, I know for a fact that if we do that, we're going to launch into every single service with such an anointing upon us. You're going to see such a change in the service. You're going to get healed in the middle of Sunday morning. You're going to get healed in the middle of Wednesday night. I'm telling you, power is going to be unleashed for you. There is no way that if we pray, we can't have revival. We have an open door in front of us, and we can be a great church, but only if we understand that the enemy cannot defeat us. If you're sitting here and saying, man, that devil's beating up on me, I want you to switch that around and say, I'm going to start beating up on him. I, I, got, I got a message I love to preach is that when he comes after you and he gets around you and he pushes you, well, then it's your turn to push him back. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you've got the Holy Ghost inside you, the enemy cannot push you nearly as hard as you can push him back because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, which means you've got power inside you. You know what I want at the end of February? I want the devil to say, my Lord, I wish I never would have met these people. You laugh because it's funny, but I'm going to tell you it can be true. The devil could say, I did everything that I could do, and they're still praising God. I did everything I can to do, and they're still worshiping God. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to find an open door, and we're going to walk through that open door, and I'm excited to hear what's about to happen. I'm excited to see what's about to happen. Some of you have got family members that are sick. In March, they might not be sick anymore. I'm not prophesying. I'm not prophesying, but I'm telling you right now, God is big enough. Don't tell me God is not big enough. I challenge that mindset. I can feel in the spirit that some of you are right now are saying there's no way that God can heal this person or this situation. There's no way that God can move this situation. Don't you know how big God is? You know what makes the enemy uneasy? When we pray, when we fast, and when we praise the Lord. When you praise God, even though not everything is perfect, that just messes up the enemy's plans. He wants to see you down. He loves to see it when you skip church and you don't want to come and you don't want to pray and you don't want to praise and you don't want to worship and you don't want to give your tithes. He loves it. He loves it. But when you're steadfast and you're concrete and you keep doing what you're doing and you keep doing the well doing, even though you're weary, you keep doing good. I'm telling you, it bothers his plans. He hates it. It irritates him. And guess what? I don't care if it irritates him. I want to irritate the enemy. You're saying, oh, Tim, you better watch out. You don't want to poke the bear. I don't mind poking the bear because I got God on my side. I don't mind poking the bear. 
because I got God on my side. I'm not saying I'm not saying these things in myself. I'm not saying these based upon my intellect and my money and my stature or anything like that. I'm talking about it through the word of God. If you don't have God with you, then yeah, you better not poke the bear because he'll mess you up pretty good. But if you've got God beside you, whoo, that devil better watch out. That devil better watch out what he's going to do to you. Hallelujah. When you praise Jesus in the bad times, it showcases your great faith. I want to praise him right through the open door. I say it again. I've said this quite a bit because I want you to get this in your brain. The enemy can't stop us from being a great church. Revelations 3.8 talks, and I'm almost done. Revelation 3.8 talks as the music comes about an open door that no man can shut. It says there's an open door that no man can can shut nobody has the power <coughs> to shut the door on your blessing no devil has the power to shut the door he can stand between you and the door and he can throw the he can throw all the tricks of his trade but he can't shut the door but i have to tell you this because this is true to god's word there is something that can shut the door that's you you can shut your own door if you choose to just not do anything, if you choose not to ramp up your prayer, if you choose not to ramp up your fasting, if you choose not to be a little bit more consecrated, if you choose to just go through this and be this, this February like every other February, you're right. You're going to be the same person in March that you were in January. But I'm going to tell you, it took seven days for God to create everything. I think we can give him one month to change, turn this church around. I'm not saying this church is bad. That's not what I'm saying. I think we're as healthy as we've ever been. But I'm telling you, it, it can take just, just one month. Oh, and he could, he could flip everything upside down to the point where he's turned your mourning into dancing. He has turned your mourning. You thought you were going to be crying this year, but you're actually going to be just crying in joy because you never thought your kid would come back to church. You thought that it would have to be a long journey. I'm going to tell you, if God can create in seven days, guess what he can do in one month for people that want to get under his name? You only have the power to shut the own, your own door. During the month of February and at the end of the month, I say this, I'm not, I'm not trying to amp you up. I, I hope you can hear my heart. I hope you can feel it. I believe that God is going to honor his word. I believe we're going to see some miraculous things happen. We are going to have this, we're, we're going to have a service closer to the end of February. I'm not sure exactly when it is right now, but closer to the end of February, we're going to have a service that's going to be geared directly to miracles and healing. And if we do our part, church, he'll do his part. There's one thing I know. There's one thing I know about God. His word is true. And everything he put in this word is true. So if we do what is asked of us, we'll feel the latter rain. This ain't just an archaic book. This, ain't, this, this isn't just a history book. This is the living word of God. This is his voice. And I'm telling you right now, if we will do what we are supposed to do, he's going to unveil miraculous blessings to us. Let's stand. If we consecrate ourselves, pray like we never prayed before, fast until your flesh screams. Turn from the sins that so easily distract us. Turn from the things that got you boggled down. I believe God is going to loose you from your addiction. 
He's going to loose you from your sickness. I believe he can heal your body. I believe he can mend your marriage if it's bad. I believe God is going to heal some people's finances. Some people are going to receive answers from heaven. Questions that you've been asking God for a while. And you feel like he's never answered. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to give you an answer. I believe that there is an open door. And we can walk through it. But I believe there is an adversary. And yes, the enemy is the adversary. But sometimes we can be our worst enemy. But I'm telling you, if you'll just have some faith. If you'll just get behind this pastor here for the month of February. This is, what, this is what God challenged me right before service. Right before service, this is what he challenged me. There's scriptures that say, oh, taste and see that I am good. And it says, try the Lord. God says this, and I, I believe this is a word for you. Give him this month. Give him this. Do it with all of your heart. Don't be lazy about it. Don't be lazy about it. You only know what that looks like. You know it pretty quick. But if you truly try to give everything you have, if you truly try to do what you, I'm talking about one month. I'm not talking about a year. I'm telling you, if you try God, God said, let them try me and just see if I won't work in their lives. That don't, that don't hit you like it hits me. That don't hit, it, hit you like it hits me. But I'm going to tell you right now, I have found God to be true in my life. Tomorrow morning, my mom and my dad will get in the car and they will go from Wisconsin and they will travel back here. When in reality, they both should be dead. Because God stopped it. There's people out here, I said in the beginning of the service, there's no way you should be here. There's no way you should have that child. There's no way that you should have that job. There's no way you should have that blessing. But God said, guess what? If you'll try me, if you'll give me a chance, you watch and see what I can do. So this is what I do. This is the end of January. The first service of February is this next Sunday. And even though I am very sorry that I will not be here, Bishop will be here and all the other ministers. And we're going to start this Sunday. We're going to start at the beginning of February to do what we're supposed to do. And next week, not this coming up week, but the week after, we start our prayer meetings on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm going to tell you right now, just try God. That's all I got. That's the word I've got. Just try him. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to flip your world upside down. He's going to flip your world upside down. If you want to see what's on the other side of this open door, could you come to the altar? If you're interested and curious about what God has in store for you, Scripture says, I know my plans for you. He's got plans for you. He's got an open door. He created the door. He created the entranceway. And he's already opened it for you. But there's an adversary. But I'm going to tell you, give him the liberty to open that door and give you to walk through. I'm going to tell you, you're going to find something. I want you at the end of this service, I want you to pray that God would give you the strength. That you would consecrate yourself in February like you've never done before. You would pray in a greater way. You would fast in a greater way. You would cut all the fat away from your life and seek after God and wait and see that he won't pour a blessing upon you. Come on, let's pray as they sing. Pray that God gives you strength. Come on, you're stronger than the enemy.